Welcome everybody. My name is Pat Bryan. I'm performance director and co-founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. I'm delighted to be uh, joined again by one of our serial guests. I'm going to start calling you. Uh, he is uh, a man who has uh, got great experience in the world of uh, mental fitness. He is Spokes mental fitness advisor, Alan Heary. How are you doing, Alan? I'm very good, Pav. How are you? I'm doing very good as well. Thank you, mate. And uh, so for the listeners who are regular listeners, uh, they will know exactly who you are. But for everybody that is new, could you give us a a few minutes of uh, who you are and uh, what makes you so special? I am very special, Pav, uh, in so many ways. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think, okay, so if you want a little bit of background from me, I've been in the fitness industry since 1989. And physical training, uh, where I actually owned and operated my own gym as well for many years. Um, I have a sports science degree, but what I really specialize in now is the mental fitness skills coaching for sport and business, mostly for sport. Um, Everything from your uh, fitness enthusiasts, your amateur cyclists who are looking to do their first sport thief, all the way up to elite level, including world champions. And I think... uh, People who, who know me would recognize me as a, uh, my first world champion to work with was a guy called Steve Collins back in the day. So I've been working with world champions ever since. So that was mid-90s uh, and Olympic athletes. But as I say, right the way down to uh, the fitness enthusiasts as well and getting everybody ready for uh, events in terms of confidence, concentration, commitment, control and courage. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. Fantastic. And uh, listeners, as you would have gathered by uh, the the title of this podcast episode, uh, we're going to be talking about mastering anxiety. And uh, I'm willing to bet that at some point, everybody that's listening uh, and probably everybody out there has experienced some form of anxiety, maybe not... uh, uh, through their sport, um, depending on whether you you race or not. I, from a personal experience, I used to uh, I used to be crippled with uh, performance anxiety at the start of time trials, and uh, there were a few tricks that uh, uh, I'm sure Alan uh, will give us. Is what usually happens when you and I talk, Alan, is that uh, <laughs> you tell you tell me all of the you tell us all of the all of the tricks, and I go, oh, that's right, I did do that one time. <laughs> uh, but by the end one of it, listeners, right, one time, yeah. <laughs> By the end of this episode, listeners, you're going to have an understanding of exactly what anxiety is, why we get it, and what you can do to overcome it, um, thus making your racing or competing or even just your general cycling and possibly even day-to-day life a lot more enjoyable. So, Alan, handing it back over to you, what is anxiety and why do we get it? Okay, so anxiety, the physiological response that we get to anxiety or arousal is what people would recognize most. Uh, When we're in a situation that's outside of our control or when we're in a situation that's causing us any type of anxiety, we tend to get um, physiological responses like heart rate increasing, breathing rate becoming either rapid or slowing down. So with breathing, uh, we either speed up our breathing when we, we become anxious or the opposite happens. In sport, we call this choking. I don't know if you're, you know, when you hear somebody saying, oh, I thought you got choked. What they're actually saying is he held his breath. He stopped breathing. Um, so you have heart rate increasing, breathing becoming rapid. Uh, muscles will tense up. Uh, eyes will dilate, uh, which doesn't really affect performance in a great deal. But these are some of the things that starts to happen as we feel anxious. And what tends to cause anxiety is a loss of control or uh, being put into a situation that we feel we don't have 
uh, enough control over and that can kind of bring on these uh, anxious feelings so that's what it's like when we go into an event and we have um where we're looking at the event in terms of what could possibly go wrong for example fantastic and and so what kind of situations have you seen with your clients because you work with um team evo pro um i presume that not every one of those athletes uh, are confident or lacking anxiety or, or have mastered that in their in their careers so far well when it comes to anxiety let's say anxiety or arousal level it's very important that we understand that i don't want you relaxed going into a competition and i certainly like i don't want you relaxed even going into a sportif um we're we look at arousal level or anxiety level as being important for performance so all of those things that I mentioned, heart rate increase and breathing rate and, and, and uh, the muscles tensing, we need a certain level of that in order to perform at our best. So if you think about a scale where um, uh, on the bottom of a chart you might have the scale of arousal, as we become more uh, aroused or as we become more uh, anxious or nervous, let's say, performance actually increases because the physiological responses are exactly what you need in order to perform well. The issue arises when that anxiety level or arousal level becomes too high. And when that happens, performance drops off on the other side. So you have two parts to this. You'll have the part where if the arousal is not enough, in other words, you've been into competition or you're going into an event and you're too relaxed going in, you actually won't perform at your best either. So in that situation, we do small little things to, to push the arousal level up a little bit. But a lot of people go into events where the arousal level is way too high. They're actually too anxious. And so, again, we talk about that uh, loss of control. So the job really, from my point of view, is how we pull it back. And it doesn't matter whether it's racing or uh, sportif. So last year, I had a client who was doing the Holt route. And the year before, he had a panic attack um, on one of the, the stages, coming into one of the stages. Because, again, it was just it was a big thing and he felt that he had made mistakes and it was getting on top of him. And he didn't want that to happen again. So he, I think he had actually pulled out uh, before the end of the whole route. And so uh, in the, this year's one or, la- or last year's one, when he came to see me, the goal was to be able to make sure that he felt confident on the line every day and calm. But at the same time, have that arousal level where he was able to perform. And so there are certain techniques and uh, tactics we can use in order to create that. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on. So that's one idea. And then uh, you're absolutely right. With the likes of the Evo Pro guys, they're they're working at a professional level. But even at that level, um, depending on the event, people can feel that they're too anxious coming into it. Sometimes not anxious enough, but a lot of the time, a little bit too anxious coming in. And we give them techniques to do. And all of these are training. The more you practice it, the better you become. And there's a brilliant statement or a brilliant quote by Alexander Dumas who said, I've known a great many troubles in my life and some of them really have. (laughs) And it's brilliant because a lot of the things that uh, we have, a lot of the anxieties that we have in our life haven't even happened yet. So we create these images of what could possibly go wrong. And because the nervous system can't tell the difference between something that's vividly imagined and reality, when we vividly imagine something as if it was going wrong for us, our body responds in the same way. And that gives us the physical feelings of anxiety. 
So even just understanding that can actually be uh, have a big impact for people. So if you're going into an event or you're going into a race and on the way to the race, you're running through all the things that could possibly go wrong, it creates more anxiety. So you're actually better off creating imagery. And so what I do is I have guided imagery where I bring people through a visualization or an imagery session of what you want to go well or, or how you can gain control within your race or within your event. And so that's why imagery works. It's probably one of the uh, the first things I would always look at. Fantastic. And uh, it's interesting, actually, because uh, you, you raise a couple of really good points here. Um, the first is that anyone listening to this, and I'm sure I've, <laughs> I'm going to make sure that I put this in the description, is that if you don't feel any anxiety before you compete, you definitely need to be listening to this episode, don't you, Alan? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it I, can definitely improve your performance. Absolutely. But I, I'm guessing... Now, I, I I could probably um, guess the uh, the answer to this, and it's probably highly individual, but is there a line where you can definitively say, uh, or maybe a uh, an area, a, a sort of uh, bottom top line where you could say, this is not enough anxiety uh, and this is too much? Where, where would you sit? Is there maybe some physiological... Um, reactions or something like to, to anxiety that you could say well if you're not feeling this you're not anxious enough and if you're feeling this or you're doing this you're too anxious is that is it as simple as that or um it's it's not quite as simple as that what i would say is if we have that line that i talked about that performance line that on the far end is where you're really anxious or panicky about what's about to happen and on the shorter end of the line, on the smaller end of the line, nearer to zero, you've got no real tension going into it at all. It's going to be way too easy for you and it doesn't challenge you. Right smack in the middle of that, where if you take zero to 10, let's say, around about a five, that's what I consider the zone. So when we talk about going in the zone, that's where that's at. So when you come into an event and you're challenged, when you've, you've set a goal, uh, you're challenged, you're not quite sure if you're going to be able to do it, that's when we become more focused. So the way to know whether you're the anxiety level or the arousal level is where you need it to be is asking yourself a couple of questions going into it. Uh, have I set a goal going into this? Am I challenged uh, going into it? Is my goal strong enough? Uh, do I have the butterflies in the tummy? So most people will have those little butterflies in, in the tummy. You, that's where when you get those, it's good. But at the same time, do you trust yourself enough that you'll be able to compete at the level that you want? That's where the confidence comes in. So if you trust yourself enough, then uh, you're, you know that you're able to control all of those things. You know you're able to control the muscle tension and the breathing and the butterflies. If you're able to do that, then you're good. And so I wouldn't say there's a line, but I would certainly be saying to people, you need to feel excited about the event coming up. If you're not excited and you don't have those butterflies, you're probably not going to perform at your best. But if the butterflies are going absolutely mental and you feel panicked, then you've gone over the line too far on that side, and we need to do something to pull you back. Absolutely. It's really funny how um, I just want to go back to the guy that you coach for Oat Root, and um, mm. I, I was sat there. I know there's going to be a lot of people who are probably thinking the same thing, and it is so interesting how we do – um, I, I, this is, I guess, comes down to goal setting. But um, I mean, I've done oat root, and oat root was one of the the funnest, but probably I don't want to say easiest, but it was for me easy. 
um, because they supported me, and I—I I mean, it's an incredible route. I did all of the, the all of the North America ones uh, in 2018. Loved absolutely all of them; they were fantastic. But you know what? It was for me turning up and and pretty much riding a bike. Whereas you're right, there are a lot of people who put that uh, that emphasis on that. So just for the people that are listening, thinking um, it seems like an awful long way to go for sort of conquering that, I, I could totally appreciate it. One person's uh out route is another person's tour de france um and uh and i think yeah. that yeah it's it's incredible to hear stories like that but um I, but just, I, sorry just on that sorry Pav, just on that there's a couple of little things one uh your one day sportif can create almost the same feeling on it but you you raise an interesting point when you talk about you know when you went into it and the excitement of doing it it's a lot of this is down to perception so the anxiety that's created is the perception of the situation, not the situation itself. And so just changing the word, like if you were going to take one thing that you would do today uh, to reduce anxiety, and I know I'm going to give you three, this is not part of the three, this is, but this, if you do this one thing, it can actually reduce uh, the anxiety you have going into an event, is to change the word that you use. Rather than thinking about I'm really nervous or anxious about coming into this event, you change the word to excited. And the moment that you say, oh, I'm excited about this, this brings a, a whole different perspective on the way that you're looking at it. And here's the thing. Those physiological responses that I spoke about when we get nervous, heart rate increasing, breathing rate becoming ras- rapid, muscles tensing up, those things happen when we're excited too. So if we're excited about something, your heart rate increases, your breathing rate becomes uh, rapid, and the muscles start to tense, then it's down to perception. So when somebody says to me, I'm really anxious or really nervous about this event this week, I have a tendency to go, tell me what you're excited about, because that's the same feeling. And then we start to view the event in a whole different way. So that's what I'll be saying to people. If you, if you think of coming into an event that you're um, anxious about it, change the word straight away to excited. And that's basically what you did. So when you're going into the old route and you're thinking, I'm actually excited about this, it's the same event. There's no difference. Same event for this guy over two years. The first year he came into it anxious. The second year he came into it excited. Honestly, uh, his results were completely different. That's awesome. The power of the mind there. Um, I, I just again, I remember you mentioned there one day sportive. I was just thinking actually, I remembering my first ever sportive. I can't remember the name of it, but it was. Uh, it might have been something like the the Burgess Hill Cyclo Sportive or something like that. I just did it with a club and. Uh, I remember being incredibly nervous about that. Very anxious indeed when you do your first ever um, sportive or any event, really. Um, so yes, and but but talking talking a little bit about what uh, what you bring up there, um, you, you're definitely you're turning something which is a, a negative a negative emotion in in some respects. Anxiety, as you talk about, we do need some of it into more positive excitement. So is that what we should be looking to do? Yeah, that's that's your starting point is to look at it and say. This is good. Your body is responding to the situation. Your body responds in this way because if we go back to uh, when we were in the jungle, let's say, uh, you know, back that far, when chimps, let's say, in the jungle, chimp in the jungle only has two things it's looking out for, opportunities and threats. It's constantly looking out for a threat. There was a time in our past where we weren't the hunters. We were the hunted. And as a result we built up this system 
And it's a brilliant system, if you think about it, that in order for us to stay alive within a situation like that, we need to have these physiological responses. This is what we call the fight, flight or freeze. So uh, when we go into that response with heart rate increasing and, and where the muscles tense up, that's our fight or flight. We need that. We don't need it to the same degree we did back then. But remember that the nervous system can't tell the difference between something that's vividly imagined and reality. So it doesn't matter whether it's a, an actual situation or just something we're thinking about. And so it is, it is required for us to do it. And sometimes we have to take a step back and marvel at how great our body is, even though it doesn't feel like it at that moment, is to step back and go, wow, this is pretty cool. The problem is that we lose control of that. And that's where the over-anxiety really starts to play havoc. It's when we feel that we've lost that sense of control, when the, the panic starts to set in and we feel that it's a much bigger challenge than we expected. And it's how we gain control over that is the key to us being able to take on any challenge in any event and face it uh, with that confidence and calmness that we need. Perfect. Now, you said at the beginning uh, that you had three uh, amazing anxiety exercises. Um, do you want to take us through those? Sure. So what we want to do is we want to control the physiological responses. That's the first thing that we need to do. Right? So we, we need to gain some control over it. Now, if we look at how the body reacts, one of the things that happens is the breathing. All right. So our breathing either increases or decreases. So what I want people to do is their first thing is to think about breathing. Slow your breathing down. And most people, when they breathe, if I ask you to take a deep breath now, so anyone who's listening to this, to take in a deep breath, notice where the breath comes into. Notice what happens with your chest, for example. Most people, when they take a deep breath, will find that their chest rises, which is great. But your lungs go down much further than that. So what should actually happen when we take a deep breath in is down lower than the chest should actually start to extend, start to come out. So the easiest way to imagine this, imagine your lungs are split into four uh, chambers. So you've got one down at your belly button, right? So you have one there, and then you have another one just slightly higher, one at your chest, and then one across uh, the, the top part of your chest up near your neck, right? What you're looking to do is you want to fill the air all the way down. So imagine that you're pushing it all the way down into the, the lowest chamber, down near the belly button first, then the next one, then the next one, then the one above that. And so what we're looking to do is to slow your breathing down by taking in a long, slow breath. And you can actually, some people use numbers for this. They like to count. So you're taking a breath for one, two, three, four, hold for a sec, and then just breathe out. One, two, three, four take control of the breathing. This allows us to gain control over our body. And so practicing three of those breaths every day will allow us to uh, go into a situation where your body knows that when I'm in a stressful situation, I breathe. So when I'm in a situation, um, a stressful situation, I breathe. I slow my breathing down. And so that's one of the things that we want to practice. I would be saying practice breathing the three breaths when you're feeling nice and relaxed most days but also in a situation where you're feeling anxious don't just wait until you're anxious to practice this because your body will go what the hell are you doing i want you to practice it even when you're nice and relaxed right now and then uh, practice it when you're in a stressful situation what you will find is the more you practice this 
the more it becomes an automatic response. So now, before I do this uh, podcast with you, before I sit down and actually do this um, short interview with you, I sit in a chair and I breathe. And it's again to bring my level of arousal to where I need it to be. Because I'm always going to be anxious when we do this. Everybody should be. And so that's number one, breathe. Number two, most coaches will tell you to relax. You'll be fine. Just relax. When somebody tells you to relax, what tends to happen is you've just processed in your mind going, oh, my God, okay, I'm not relaxed. I don't look relaxed. I look tense. Okay. And so we start to panic a little bit. Not only that, you don't really know how to relax. So you don't know how relaxed you are sitting in the chair. You can kind of say, well, I'm a little bit relaxed. But what I tend to do is rather than ask you to relax, I'll ask you to do the opposite. So if I want you to really um, have a sense of control over your muscles, so we know that your muscles tense up when you get anxious. What we want to do is we want to actually bring that tension much higher so we can gain control on it. So instead of relaxing the muscles, what I want you to do right now is to tense up the muscles in your legs. Tense them up right this second. Take in a breath. And as you breathe out, let them go. And all I want you to do is notice the difference between the tension you felt and how they feel now. So all I want you to do is tense them again. Take in a breath. And as you breathe out, let them go. And now you do the same for the upper body. Tense up the upper body. Take in a breath. And as you breathe out, let it go. And just feel the difference. And so sometimes we can do this on the bike as well. If you start to feel that you're getting a little bit tense on the bike, instead of trying to relax the muscles, go the opposite. Take control of them, tense them up even more, and then let them go. That makes sense. So that's number two. Uh, so that's the uh, tense, relax exercise. And then number three, we talked about the butterflies. The butterflies in the tummy. We need the butterflies. Here's a brilliant little exercise. I love this. Um, it's a little bit of visualization that I do with all my clients. All I want you to do is close your eyes. Now, obviously, if you listen to this in your car and you're driving, don't do that. But if you're just uh, sitting here listening to the podcast, close your eyes. And with your eyes closed, I want you to imagine as if you had those butterflies in your tummy. You know, when we get a little bit anxious and we have the butterflies in the tummy, I want you to imagine them. Now, maybe you see these butterflies in reds and blues and greens. I'm not sure what your butterflies look like. Maybe they're just fluttering into one another. You can see it. It's almost like they're in a jar. Watch them. Watch them how they flutter and how they bounce into one another. Now we're going to take control of them. Imagine what it would be like if you could take control of your butterflies. So make them fly up in the air. Make them fly down in formation. Make them fly left and right in formation. Take control of the butterflies. Make them fly in whatever direction you want them to fly, almost like they're the red arrows. So make them fly in whatever direction you want. Let them fly up and down from left to right. It's a brilliant little exercise to be able to take control of your butterflies. And so when you open your eyes, it's a nice little um, idea for uh, using some imagery coming into an event. So it was a, it's a cool thing. Kids love it, but I do it with all my world champions and Olympic athletes as well. So everybody seems to get a kick out of it. And uh, whenever I'm working with clients, I always tend to text them and go, how are the butterflies? And they come back and go, they're flying information. Because remember, Pav, we talked about it's not about getting rid of all the tension. It's about controlling it. So it's not about having uh, it's not about having no tension going into these things or no anxiety or arousal level. It's about how we control it. And that's simple as those three exercises. All I want you to do is practice those three exercises on a daily basis. And I promise you 
that by the time you come into your events and you do it on the day of your event, you'll be able to take much more control over any anxiety you might have uh, going into that event. Fantastic. Um, and I was uh, I was doing those uh, along with you as you were uh, describing them, Alan. I think they're, they're perfect. So thank you, mate. Uh, now, we always uh, finish our, our podcast by offering our listeners a, a challenge, but it sounds like you've already done that unless you've got something else. No, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. See, okay. Here's the thing, right? Uh, most people would say to you, this is common sense. And they're right, but it's not common practice. So the challenge is to turn this common sense things that I've given you today into common practice. So taking the common sense thing of saying, yeah, you're right. You know what? When I slow my breathing down, I can take control on it. It's common sense. So let's turn it into common practice. Each day, take a couple of times a day where you can just practice the breathing three times throughout the day. That's all I want you to do. And then uh, the muscle tension, you can add that. Once you do the breathing and you, you have that, uh, then uh, the second challenge, if you want, which is every day, I'm going to take a moment to tense the muscles and relax them. That's all I'm going to do. And then the third challenge is every day, just practice the butterflies. First thing in the morning when you wake up, see what your butterflies are like and practice flying them in formation. There you go. Fantastic. So listeners, uh, of course, we would love for you to try this uh, on your own at home. Uh, as you say, with the with the eyes shut one, definitely when you're not driving. Um, uh, or join <laughs> us in our Facebook group, our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group, where every week we actually run the challenge as a, a community um, uh, effort. So uh, if you're uh, the type of person who enjoys having some accountability and some um, some motivation from others, uh, get yourself uh, access to that group. It's obviously all free of charge and you can come for the challenge and stay for the camaraderie. Um, Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on again, yeah, mate. Thanks a million, Pav. Pleasure as always. Fantastic. Thank you. And listeners, uh, again, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And if you've enjoyed this uh, episode of Bespoke, please make sure that you uh, share this with your friends. Leave us a review or a thumbs up, depending on what platform you are listening on. And uh, definitely, if you're not already a subscriber, just subscribe because you're going to want to be kept up to date on all of our uh, next upcoming episodes. And I'm sure we will have Alan back on again in the future. So thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alan. My name is Pav. I am performance director and co-founder here at Spokes. And you have been listening to Bespoked. <laughs>